us, that's all. Something my granddaddy used to tell us. When there's no more room in hell, the dead will walk the earth. Hi, and welcome to Zombie World for the first part of August 2023. I'm Brad Munson. I'm a writer and reviewer of horror and all sorts, particularly zombies. And basically for the last 40 some odd years, I've been living with one foot in the real world and one foot in zombie world, which is where we're recording right now. Oh my God, they're everywhere. They are. Look at them out there. Oh my God. <laughs> and, uh... I'm Samantha Luck, and and we are podcasting live and direct from this very weird place, along with a horde of correspondents and zombies and contributors and zombies who are just as hot as I am. It's just just as hot as you are? Is that what you said? (laughs) Odd. You want me to say that again? (laughs) No, I like it just that way. That was good. Excuse me, they're coming into the door over here. I got it. Jeez. Do you need help? No, I think I got it. Oh, yeah. No, I think I got it. Are you sure? That wouldn't be the first infiltration. (laughs) (laughs) Just the first today. Anyway, Zombie World. We're here to talk about everything, literally everything, about the world of zombies. From movies and TV shows to books and shopping and... And costumes and cosplay. Yeah, games, uh, toys. Original fiction. Yeah, we're going to be doing a ton of original fiction. And even some from other folks that we can get permission to perform ourselves. Anyway, a lot of different things going on every week from now on and you can come back and listen to any old damn time and this week we're going to be covering the imminent arrival of a new anime series and a live action series based on one of the biggest zombie mangas around you know about this one oh yeah zom 100 yeah yeah we're going to talk about zom 100 lots going on there and we're going to do a little clip of the night of the living dead musical (laughs) which there really is a musical maybe we could train the zombies outside to do a musical (laughs) If we could just get them to dance alone, we could TikTok the hell out of that. Well, they're already kind of choreographed. <laughs> it is a little thriller sometimes around here. It's true. <laughs> and then you and I are going to talk in a little bit about The Walking Dead, Dead City, and whether we liked it or not. And then uh, Shay Sims, our shopping queen, has this whole zombie-themed bathroom that you can even own for your very own that we're going to talk about, too. And all of that is brought to you by zombiegiftguide.com. Boy, you are such a corporate show. <laughs> <laughs> so are you going to introduce everybody else? Um, yeah, I, I guess I should. We wanted to talk about this whole ensemble of people we have that are joining us, some every week, some once in a while. And here are just a few that are kicking in this week. Push the button, Frank. Jeez. <laughs> is that how you do that? Oh, yeah, here. Hi, my name is Samantha, and I focus on everything that Brad doesn't, but mostly zombie movies and video games. Hey, y'all. I'm Shay. I'm the zombie shopping queen around here. Hey there, everyone. I'm Tara, and I am a storyteller. Greetings. I am the voice from beyond the grave. Hello. I'm Bruce. I'm one of the owners of the zombie food truck. Hi, this is Emily. I'm the other owner of the zombie food truck. Hi, I'm Kat. I'm the official bartender in Zombie World, and I love scary movies. This is Robert. I talk about zombie video games and rock and roll. Anyway, as with every episode, we're going to start with a few fast little news items that we like to call Quick Bites. Uh, can, can you close to drape? That guy's looking at me. He only has one eye. Are you really bothered by that? Yeah, that's enough. Okay. <laughs> I'll put the sheet over it. Thank you. 
Well, I guess we were wrong the whole time, right? This zombie thing was just a flash in the pan, right? A fad, a phase we were going through, like uh, teenage acne or disco. Except that certain zombie movies, uh, certain zombie franchises, have now held up to the test of time in film and print, broadcasting, and now in streaming. And it's never been more obvious and powerful than in The Last of Us, this all-out amazing miniseries on HBO Max, or Max, or whatever they're calling it this week. The damn thing exceeded every single expectation in terms of storytelling and performance, design, and, well, in every way. That's why The Last of Us has been nominated for no less than 25 Emmy Awards in just about every category you'd expect. And not just the performances of Pedro Pascal and Bella Ramsey as great as they were, but also for guest performances and supporting actors in individual episodes and in mini arcs. Not to mention makeup and production design and film editing and sound editing and on and on. We won't give you the full list here, but check the show notes or our weekly chat sheet, Bloody Sunday, or just go to zombieworld.net. And if you don't have Macs, do not despair. You can buy individual episodes on Amazon or iTunes or elsewhere. And there is an excellent 4K version in Blu-ray and DVD available at reduced prices on Amazon. Just uh, check out zombiegiftguide.com for details. Now, the Emmys were supposed to be awarded in early September, but the WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes have kind of put all that on hold. The Emmy folks haven't officially announced it, but they have told all their vendors that services won't be required on September 18th, when it was supposed to happen. So, when the awards will be announced and or celebrated is anybody's guess at this moment. We'll let you know. But in many ways, The Last of Us in particular, and our much maligned subgenre of the zombie in general, can already celebrate a big win. So congrats, The Last of Us. Hey, Shay! Shay, it's me! Brad, do you know what time it is? Dawn? Can I come in? I want to show you something. Brad, I was out so late last night. Must have slaughtered at least a dozen walkers. I'm just... It'll just take a minute, I promise. Just a minute. (sighs) Fine. Okay, come in. And wipe your boots. You've got something awful all over them. Oh, so- sorry. Sorry. So, did you know that there is a musical based on the Night of the Living Dead? What? Like a movie? Some YouTube thing? No, like an actual Broadway musical. Well, no, no an off-Broadway musical. Look, look. A guy named Jordan Wolfe wrote this thing back in 2018. It opened to a sold-out house at Theater Row in New York back in January of 2019. And then came the pandemic and... Pfft, Oh, that sucks. It basically seems to be like a cockeyed but still very creepy version of the original George A. Romero movie. It was actually getting pretty good reviews. That's bizarre. Maybe not. I mean, horror has been a great source for musicals over the years, right? I mean, it does Rocky Horror Picture Show and Sweeney Todd and Little Shop of Horrors. Well, yeah, you've got a point. I like all of those. Yeah, they were great. So here, I've actually found this clip from it. Kind of the opening song. Here, listen. Dark, a nightmare is coming. Hot on the prowl and roaming pell mell. Stalking, walking, gawking like they're creatures from the pit of hell. But they don't arrive from hell or from heaven. Not from a planet like years ahead. No, my friends, tonight's the night of the living dead. Too much are being hard. 
pretty good. It closed down during the pandemic, like everything did, but you can still find bits and pieces of it on the intertubes. Look, look, I'm, I'm putting links to the YouTube clips in the show notes and in a post on zombieworld.net. That's great, but can I just get back to... So I was thinking, maybe we do a revival. You know, rent a hall, get a cast. Yeah, no. No, no, my dad has a barn and we could just do anything we <laughs> No, want. he doesn't. And we're not. Now, please, please, let me go back to sleep, Brad. Well, this would be so fun. We could... Thanks for stopping by. Great to know. Loved it. Love you. But... Bye. Wow. You know, we've been waiting for months. I mean, literally months to find out the final fate of the Fear of the Walking Dead crew. Now, the time jump of the last season has widely been felt to be, what can you say, unsatisfying, pointless, frustrating? Those are words. But despite all odds and logic, we do still want to see where they're going to take and leave Madison, the last remaining member of the original family from season one, episode one, even though she's transformed into an entirely new character since her return. Then we want to know what happened to Daniel Salazar, played by the redoubtable Ruben Blades, whose character also deserves better. And of course, there's Morgan, good old Lenny James, who's been doing the job and slinging that staff for years and years in both The Walking Dead and in Fear of the Walking Dead. Here, too, the time jump did not serve the character well, but we still care about Morgan almost more than anybody else. So what will become of him? Regardless, the final six episodes begin Sunday, October 22nd, immediately after the oddly conceived, to say the least, The Walking Dead Daryl Dixon. That means the series finale of Fear the Walking Dead will air Sunday, November 26th. That's right, Thanksgiving weekend. And then, well gosh, it could be weeks before another of the endless stream of Walking Dead spinoffs shows up in 2024. This is the voice from beyond the grave. You will listen now. ZOM 100, Bucket List of the Dead, has been a popular Japanese manga series since it first premiered in 2018. Currently, there are 14 volumes with more to come. An anime version appeared earlier this year and is currently available on Hulu and Netflix. And now Netflix is offering a live-action version beginning August 3rd. ZOM 100 poses a simple question. If the zombie apocalypse comes, what do you want to do before you get turned into a shambling, ravenous member of the Horde? The manga, and now the other formats, begin with the main character, Akira, as he cheers with delight when the zombies appear, because it means no more work at the awful brain-killing job he hates, no more days feeling more dead than alive. So watching his co-workers being slaughtered by fast zombies is a good thing, as far as he's concerned. Now he can do whatever he wants, at least until the zombies catch him. Akira comes up with a bucket list of 100 things he wants to do before becoming a zombie, and he crosses each item off his list as he goes. Paddleboard yoga, indoor camping, even paragliding. But he's barely getting started when things get out of hand. Will he ever achieve his ultimate dream of becoming a superhero who saves everyone and actually battles a zombie shark? It all begins Thursday, August 3rd on Netflix. You can also purchase one or all of the manga through zombiegiftguide.com. Links are in the show notes, the weekly cheat sheet you live in called Bloody Sunday, or through zombieworld.net. 
You can also view trailers for both the anime and live-action version at zombieworld.net. That is the end. You will stop listening now. Go about your business. Sam, Sam, come in for a sec. Yes? Have you seen this uh, before? Seen what? Look, Netflix is doing this uh, reality show about the zombie outbreak. Oh, really? Yeah, it's it's totally weird. It's called Zombieverse. It's starting next Tuesday, August 8th. It's going to be nine episodes. I can't tell from this whether they're going to dump them all at once or have them once, once a week. But it looks to me like they've got a bunch of Korean reality stars, real ones here, that are doing some kind of reality show that suddenly there is a zombie outbreak. Yeah, it looks like it takes place in Seoul. Um, I can't tell if this is actually happening. Um, Is it going to be, like, competitive? Or are there eliminations about this? Well, there has to be eliminations. (laughs) I mean, there's there's this ridiculous show on Fox right now called Stars on Mars, which supposedly it's nine, you know, reality level celebrities stuck in a habitat on mars and once a week they have to basically send one out (laughs) out the airlock (laughs) they set this up someplace in a desert and they've tinted it so it looks red and it's all really silly but it's there and they all play along with the idea that they're on mars i don't know if that's what they're doing here or whether it's more like jury duty you know about jury duty yeah the the freefy original jury duty where it's all uh actors except for one guy yeah exactly one thing i read here indicates that some of the people on the show are in on the joke and others are not. That some of them actually think there's a zombie outbreak going on. But we'll find out. We'll find out on Tuesday. This sure. should be a lot of fun to uh, to watch, I think. A real uh, fourth wall break for the zombie genre. Yeah, I agree. I think it should be fascinating to see if this actually works. It, it's not the first time that reality show zombies have been done, but it's kind of hard to see what happened in the past yeah did you ever see dead set the british tv show no i didn't think i have it was way back in 2008 so it was a long time ago and uh charlie booker the guy that went on to do black mirror among other things created this thing back then and he actually filmed this zombie outbreak show on the set of big brother oh. the uk version of big brother with so everybody knew the set at the time and they got a bunch of most of them were other reality stars that came in. It was all scripted. This one was not an actual reality show, but it looks like this is what would happen if you were in that house you couldn't get out of uh, and the zombie outbreak. I think occurred. I did say Was it a movie? Well, no, they did that. And then in Brazil, some years later, I, I want to say like 2020, sometime much later, Brazil did a thing called Reality Z. Yeah. They bought the rights and they adapted it to... A completely not, a non-Big Brother show there. Right now, you can't see Dead Set at all. It's not available for purchase. It's not on streams. No place. It's gone. Oh, that's a shame. It sounded like it would be fun to watch. Yeah, it would. Reality Z, you can watch on Netflix. You can't buy it, but you can watch it on, on Netflix. Who wants to buy it anyways? Yeah. We stream everything these days. Everything. So anyway... You and I are going to sit down next Tuesday when it comes out. We'll find out then, if not before, whether or not all the episodes are coming out at once or whether we're just going to see one or two and then they'll string them out for the next few weeks. And it's just one more thing that Korea is ahead of us on because they seem to be the place for zombies these days. 
Yeah, they definitely do seem to be the place for zombie-related content. I mean, they just uh, proved another season for All of Us Are Dead, I believe. Oh. Uh, part two, and that's also streaming on Netflix, and Sweet Home too. There's got to be a Sweet Home coming out, because it ends on a cliffhanger. I just finished watching it. They definitely improved it. And then Kingdom. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's the weird one. <laughs> Yeah, that's a historical zombie. It's very interesting. But I don't know if that's coming back as well. We all that, you know, on top of the three different Train to Busan movies, then there'll be more, I'm sure, because they're, they're such a... And the New York uh, remake. Yeah, I... Uh... Uh, yeah, let's not, let's not start that yeah, now. Uh, I, I haven't seen <laughs> any recent news. Of course, the, the WGA and SAG After Strike is going to affect all that, but... If the American remake of Train to Busan never gets made, I'd that'd be fine with me. I really hope that it's going to be like not like a an exact remake because it's it is supposedly going to be called Train to New York, I believe. Um, so maybe they're going to elaborate on a different plot line and just use elements from Train to Busan. That's kind of what I'm hoping for. If they're just going to remake Train to Busan, I'd rather them just do an English dub. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or. Or, hey, here's an idea. Come up with a different idea entirely. I know it's crazy, but... <laughs> we don't do that nah, these days. Not these days. We don't do it's that. It's got to be an established <laughs> star or an established IP. That's all we're doing. Resurrecting the dead. Exactly. Quite literally, in this case. <laughs> anyway, next Tuesday, August 8th, uh, and like I said, we don't know if they're dumping all the episodes or if they're just going to do the one at a time. But either way... We'll be watching... Yeah, plan on the two of us watching it together. We're going to do a quick, like maybe 20-minute after show that we'll put here on the podcast next, let's say, Wednesday. And even if they dump them all, we'll do at least one. And maybe we'll do one for each episode. If people want to watch them one at a time and listen to us burble, we will. So, But we all know we're going to binge watch it anyway. Yeah, one way or another, we're going to, we're going to do this. <laughs> but Okay, well, uh, thanks. I just wanted to show this to you and uh, get a little time on your calendar for next week. All right, well, I'm going to go back to training the zombies to uh, do that thriller dance thing. <laughs> Good. <laughs> I'll see you later. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Well, the first of the many, many Walking Dead spinoffs, Dead City, showed up a few weeks ago. It's out there now, and you can stream it episode by episode on AMC or through Amazon. And there's already a Blu-ray or DVD of that whole series, Season 1, available as well. Zombiegiftguide.com, people. Come on. And Samantha Luck and I sat down a few days ago to talk about the series and what we liked and didn't like. But mostly, we ended up talking about how it compared to an entirely different series, From... That's now in its second season over on MGM+. From is a zombie series, too. Sort of. Zombie-adjacent, anyway. And there are both a lot of similarities and a lot of differences between the two shows. And that, frankly, is where our conversation actually got kind of interesting. So, here. So we pretty much agree that Dead City has some real weaknesses. And one of the major ones is that they so we've seen all this before. It's the same dark palette. It's the same characters. In many cases, they've kind of taken a step back in the relationship between uh, Maggie and Negan. They're not moving it at all. And they haven't really thought through 
why they're in Manhattan at all. And, you know, there's a lot of redundancy in the show. And just the reality that we're in right now, density takes place, what, like 10 years later after the events of the- About 15, if you Even judge worse. it by Herschel's age. He's, what, like 12 or 13? And he was born a year or two into the outbreak. And nothing's really changed. I mean, especially with the zombies, which I think is my biggest beef with Dead City, was the fact that Negan went out of his way to armor and reinforce zombies because they were rotting and he wanted to use them for defensive purposes, right? Mm -hmm. And here are these zombies that have been herded up in Manhattan by the Croat, and they should be basically goop, right? They're out in the sun, they're wandering around on asphalt. There's no protection, there's nothing to keep them from decaying, but yet here they are. And conversely, where are they? That is... There are how many millions of people in New York City? And by the time Negan and Maggie arrive, again, 15 years later, there are almost no walkers left. The city's deserted. Yeah, they've all been herded. Or All 22 million of them? Exactly. And it, there should still be streets that are literally packed with, if nothing else, the rotting. Piles of corpses. And then rotting is an issue. How, how did they manage to keep rotting 15 years in? Right. No, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense. My biggest problem was how the human society hasn't evolved after all this time. You get it in the first couple of years. People are still kind of getting used to this and hoping it'll end. But after some point, you're going to have to start dealing with reality. How are they eating? What are they eating in Manhattan? How are they even getting it? I mean, we know that the one group has control over the food, right? But it's like there are still fringe groups in this area. Are they eating the corpses? Are they poaching or stealing food from God knows what? I mean, it doesn't really... Have we seen instances of cannibalism again? No. There's one scene in it where you see Negan sitting at the end of a table filled with produce. Are they growing <laughs> it like, on rooftops and buildings <laughs> about it to show us? Are they in trade with the Commonwealth or whatever else out there that's getting them food? And if so, why, why stay? And this idea of the methane in the basement is just nonsense. Mm. It's bad science. It makes no sense. And even if it were true, there are bajillions of zombies out in the Virginia woods, as we have seen. You could build a pit out there if you really want to get your methane that way. Why stay in New York? Why don't you simply pick up and go? It would make more sense if the Croat used the zombies to do like a windmill mechanism like we saw in Fear the Walking Dead where they were running the refinery, the you know, the oil. Yeah. That's what I thought would be the case where he was making them basically be mm-hmm. slaves. They were cogs in a machine to run it. And that made the most sense because here you have a ton of zombies in Manhattan. Why not? Yeah. Or use humans as slaves to do nothing as, you know, human cannon fodder to get rid of you know, clear blocks and blocks and blocks of Manhattan. Yes. Oh, that would just be too nice. Wouldn't it be cool if they'd come in and there were no zombies left in Manhattan proper, that they'd managed to actually clear the island, and then you've got a whole neo-fascist state in there that's taken control because they don't have zombies, and they keep enticing humans to come in, and all they do is turn them into human slaves. That would be a big advertising point for them if there were no zombies in Manhattan anymore. No kidding. And slavery, human slavery is kind of a problem. Anyway, because both here and we saw it in the last season of Walking Dead. Even a little bit in fear. Yeah, well, they have technologies now. They can run cars on ethanol. 
Even in this, we see guys running cars in different places. Need human slaves if you have that kind of technology. Just take the slaves. They should be converting cars or building bulldozers or whatever. But using them as human slaves to break rocks and move things, it makes no sense. Especially not moving things when you can use zombies as literal no, candles. It's just, it, or steer. Well, which is exactly the whole point. This concept... They didn't really think about anything. They just wanted a kind of framework where they could have Maggie, the kick-ass female who could go out and kill zombies really fast and cool. For the fan service. And they wanted Negan, who could be a smartass and speak to power and beat things up with his baseball bat. But meanwhile, you've got this other show. You've got From, which is running on... Epics. Epics. Thank you. <laughs> I never remember. All of these streamers. It's now just finished its second season, and it's been cleared for a third, so we'll see some more. Which takes kind of the same basic story, or at least a post-apocalyptic kind of story. I mean, zombie-adjacent? Zombie-adjacent, for sure. And I really think that if you're a zombie genre fan and you're looking for something kind of different, but in the same vein as The Walking Dead, you will definitely enjoy from. I certainly feel like that it was probably the highlight of my past couple months of binge watching anything. <laughs> Much to my surprise, because I really thought it was going to be a knockoff of Lost, particularly with the stars involved. Oh, you know, they come to a town they can't get out of. Right. And then for, there are lots of weird things that happen that don't allow them to leave. Absolutely. And then they just wander around in circles. That's not the case here at all. No, there's a lot of character development. And I think what I really like the most is we are along for the ride. We get to figure everything out with the characters as they're discovering new strategies, as they're exploring their environment. That information becomes available to us as they find it, which makes it really unique, I think. Because they're not a established horror trope. They're not vampires. They're not zombies. They're not witches or whatever. They haven't even named them, even now after two years. They're just the things, which I like. So they have to learn the rules. We have to learn the rules with them. It's a process of discovery throughout. No, they haven't. <laughs> and it's been consistent, too. They're unable to do one thing one day and then something else different three episodes later. We're building. They take a lot of risks. I mean, even like the talismans that they use on the doors, yep. they found by accident, and they don't really even know why they work even now. Or where they'll work. Yeah, or where they'll work. And, and yeah, then they're surprised themselves. And I like that sense. You do get an idea that somebody out there knows the whole story. But nobody really wants to share anything. They seem like they're almost afraid to. Mm -hmm. and Whether it's the showrunner is the only guy that really knows. But <laughs> we will never know. <laughs> And then the creatures in the woods, whatever they are, are truly freaky because at first they do seem to be kind of like cheerful zombies. Yeah, the first one that we see is actually, I think, a little girl's or, you know, preteen girl's grandmother shows up and it's like, oh, you know, and she's obviously mm -hmm. attracted or thinks it's her grandmother trying to communicate to her, even though this lady is floating. She's on the second floor and she knows she's dead. So that kind of gave us the sense that, okay, well, she's seeing the reanimated corpse of her grandmother who didn't even die here. So we don't really know what the rules are with that. Or if they're seeing a hallucination, maybe there's a creature behind what they're seeing or showing us. Yep. And then later, too, we saw the guy in one of the houses where his girlfriend, his dead girlfriend, is outside the window. And she's just the nicest thing in the world. And he finally opens the window. Oh, that was so painful. Yeah, to let her in. And it was like, we're yelling at the screen, don't do that. 
that. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, she's lovely. Maybe this is true. Maybe they're not so bad. Yeah. And then, of course, they turn out to be awful and they destroy all those people in that house. But it's nice to get some sense of the eerie and the unknown again, rather than, oh, yet another spinoff of Walking Dead, of the standard Romero zombie or the standard viral rage 28 Days Later zombie. Yeah. The other thing I really like about the show, and one of the other things, is there's an actual sense of the passage of time, of characters changing in a psychologically believable way. The character development in the show is actually, uh, in my opinion, great. Yeah. You really grow attached to them. You start to understand them from the different angles. Because even characters that you may have disliked redeem themselves later on once they realize the situation that they're in. Yeah, and others go the other way. The deputy with his grandfather starts out as kind of the very straight edge, strong, we got all stick together thing. And then when one of the people causes his grandfather to be killed, he starts a gradual decay to the point where he's in pretty bad shape by the by the, end of the second season. And I can absolutely understand that. That's where a real human would act. That some of them are going to fall apart as time goes on. Some are going to rise to the occasion. Well, it's just like at the beginning with the little girl, we got the sense that she knew exactly what was going on. They had stayed there or been there for a while. She knew not to stand near the window or have the window open or communicate with this thing. And yet, she couldn't resist. Yeah. And you see that a lot. I mean, even though they know or have an idea of what to expect and that it's not going to end well, they still are human. Yep. They still make mistakes and come to regret it. And they get tired and they get old. Jade is another one of my favorite characters. Mm. He's the guy who shows up in the town on the first part of the first episode. He's in those groups. He's sold a big software company, the Wonderkind and very full of himself and spends the whole first two episodes believing this whole thing is a prank that people are pulling on him. He thought it was a whole elaborate, like he had entered some kind of theme park or something. Somebody had paid these people to to put him in this situation. He truly believes this for a very long time to the complete dismay of everybody around him. Mm -hmm. And it would have been easy just to kill him off at the end of the second episode when he finally realized it's real and oops, they get him and rip him limb from limb. But he becomes an asset. Yeah, and he changes. You know, he was very well put together, great haircut, great clothes at the beginning. And as time <laughs> goes on, he starts to get scruffier and scruffier. By the time we get well into the second season, he's got a full unkempt beard. His hair is way too long. He's really changed over time, time which has been probably a few months. This environment is hard to see how time is passing. The weather always seems to be the same. <laughs> yeah, that's the other thing, too, is is it really kind of gives you that feeling that you may be inside like a parallel universe or that they were, you know, transported somewhere else in time because it doesn't stand still. Obviously, we see changes and progressions, but the way objects and events appear or the way that they flash back to them or see the world is almost out of order sometimes. Yeah. There's a lot of connections to things that have happened in the past that lead to things in the future that are made obvious to us. So we don't really know. It does remind me a little bit of a really good version of Under the Dome. Right. Which I liked as a novel, hated the TV miniseries it was on because mm. <laughs> it, it didn't adapt the book at all. But there too, it was like it was all stuck in that place, couldn't get out. The weather was always the same. There always seemed to be enough food and stuff. So what are you going to do with people when you've got them basically in a zoo 
What are they, what are they going to do? And the walls are literally closing in on them. And from where we start to see, like, the forest is getting closer, you mm-hmm. know, to the town. And that just makes you wonder, what's the purpose of, of this place? Yeah, I, because the character development and the plot development has been, I think, so good, it's not all about solving the puzzle at the end, mm-hmm. which is good yes. because it's not going to be satisfying, <laughs> whatever it is. And I it's, like that. It's, I'm okay with that. Yeah. I mean, as long as I feel like we met some interesting people and saw some changes, good and bad, some confrontations, then if then it turns out to be some rogue branch of the government or baby aliens or whatever, we can deal. It, it's okay. It'll, be, it'll have been an interesting story, even if it, it's actually the standard Stephen King problem. <laughs> great premise. Great first two thirds of the book. Really bad ending. Absolutely. Hopefully we're not going to be there with From, but even if we are at this point, I won't feel completely cheated. It's been a good ride. Absolutely. Unlike Lost, where you got to the end and you realized you've been screwing with me for all these (laughs) years. I don't care about any of these people. (laughs) No. But I like the idea that they're planning it as a closed arc. It's just going to come to full circle and they're going to be done with it. And now at the ending of... Spoiler alert, okay. at the end of season two, we actually see one character escape from the town. <laughs> and we don't have any idea what that's going to mean ah, for yeah, the people yeah. that are still in it or what we're going to learn from that. So clearly they're moving it forward. they got a plan. But the point is, for this conversation, you compare the kind of static, lazy repetition of Dead City. And you wonder why I didn't really care about this. Even though I love Lauren Cohen and I love Jeffrey Dean Morgan as actors and the electricity between them, by the end of this thing, I couldn't even remember anything else and didn't care. And the fact that there's a second season, that they ended on a cliffhanger, those sons of <laughs> I mean, well, yeah. <laughs> I mean, I'll watch it because I'll watch anything with zombies in it. I am not hotly anticipating this. And with From, on the other hand, those are only kind of smiley zombies. I'm really looking forward to seeing what happens in season three, though God knows it'll probably be 2025 before we see it at this rate. Well, thanks very much. You're great as always. I appreciate having somebody who's almost as obsessed with this nonsense as I am. This is fun. So let's do it again right soon. Meanwhile, obviously these guys want to get in here and eat us. So can you go take care of that? Oh, yeah. Let me go decapitate the one with the missing eyeball. Oh, I love that guy. Okay, later. Bye. Like I said, Dead City can be watched episode at a time on AMC or through Amazon or iTunes, and the Blu-ray is already available. The first season of From is on NGM+, or you can buy individual episodes for a buck ninety-nine on Amazon. Unfortunately, the equally interesting second season is only available by subscribing to MGM+, one way or another. But hey, just between you and me, you can sign up for a seven-day free trial on MGM+, which will give you plenty of time to watch both seasons, all 20 episodes, and then decide if you want to buy the subscription or not, if you know what I mean, and I think you do. Anyway. This episode of Zombie World is brought to you by the TheZombieGiftGuide.com, the only online stores that's all about zombies. It has all the movies, the TV series and specials, the books and comics, and all the games, toys, posters, t-shirts, hoodies, costumes, and souvenirs you didn't even know you wanted complete with one-of-a-kind commentaries and suggestions for other amazing items, plus special sales and hand-picked shopping lists. And of course, there are new items being added every week. Take a look. You'll love it as much as we do. 
and thanks again to Zombie Gift Guide for sponsoring this episode of Zombie World. Now back to the end of the world as we know it. Here's the weird thing. There are a zillion zombie things that you can buy. Now, not just t-shirts and hoodies. There are, there are a ton of those, and some of them are pretty cool. But also everything from costumes and masks to board games and action figures and posters and household items and, yeah, even stuff for your bathroom. In fact, our very own shopping queen and mistress of the Mall of the Living Dead, Shay Sims, put together a whole zombie-themed bathroom and recently gave me a very strange tour. Check this out. Hey, come this way. What is this? It's a special surprise. Look at this place. Look, Brad, it's the perfect zombie bathroom. Uh-huh. Let's start with the lamp. A lovely three-tiered skull chandelier made with 20 life-size skulls. Not exactly zombie, but it's so appropriate. Oh, my God. Look, some of the skulls have the jaws open in horror. Some are closed, and some have no jaws at all. Isn't it cute? It's cute, yeah. About 35 inches from top of the chain ring to the bottom layer, held together with steel bands, and each skull has a three-watt flicker bulb that has been set deep inside to make it look just like an actual candle. It is a little pricey, $738 and change, but worth every cent. Right. Now, look at the toilet. Do I have to? Come on. Notice the exquisite dripping blood toilet topper. And look, look down. Oh my God. It looks just like a zombie is looking up from inside the toilet. Gaping mouth and rotting teeth from Amscam, and it's only 18 bucks. Oh. And here is a special bonus it's made of vinyl. Oh, I'm so glad. You went to a lot of work here. Uh... Oh, I'm just getting started. Around back here, check it out. This little 14-inch zombie statue that's actually a toilet brush and matching holder. What do you think? <laughs> nice. Hand cast using real crushed stone and resin with a matching toilet brush holder. An exclusive Toscano design. $44 for the whole set. Uh-huh. And just as an added touch, a three-part set of anti-slip mats from El Bull, all with their own cute little silhouette of the shambling hordes. There's a 23 by 15 inch rectangular floor mat and a U-shaped mat for the toilet and a nice cover for the lid. Just such a nice touch. Oh, yeah. Soft and thick, non-slip, made of special flannel that keeps your feet warm and comfortable and safe despite the ravening flesh-eating hordes just outside the door. Uh, yeah. It's $33 from El Bull. Isn't it great? Oh, oh, so great. Here, right next to the toilet, this was my first acquisition. Jesus! A zombie toilet paper holder hanging right on the wall. A nice, big, ugly, undead head looming over the paper roll just makes you shudder as you grab for that tissue. <laughs> yeah, it literally scares the shit out of you, I guess. Golly. <laughs> I didn't think of that. $36 from DWK. Oh, boy. And here, over by the sink, a whole blood-soaked three-piece towel set. Oh, that's just lovely. You've got a 30 by 60 inch bath towel, a 16 by 27 inch hand towel, and a 13 inch square washcloth, each with their own unique streaks and spatters of human remains. Uh -huh. 
And it's machine washable. Tumble dry on low. Low. Yeah. Got it. Uh-huh. $44 from Spoke Custom. This is this is so odd, Shay. I... Look. There were so many grotesque and disgusting shower curtains to choose from. I didn't really know where to start. But here are two of my favorite. The zombie behind the door looking in with evil eyes. Kind of umber and teal and tan from Ambison. Only 17 bucks. Uh-huh. And this one is more impressionistic, right? Just splashes of blood and grunge as if you already been attacked. <laughs> Great. Also from Ambison. Also fabric and about the same size. $32. But look, this is one of my favorite things. A bath mat that looks pretty white. Oh, per- perfectly white. It is. It is. But watch. If you step on it with your wet feet, I've got a little bit of moisture on my feet here. As you step on it, the drips turned into red blood. Oh, come on. Yes, bright red. And it stays that way until it dries. Then it's going to fade right back to white. It's only $25 for years of fun and scaring your guest. <laughs> they call it the murder mat. Isn't that precious? Uh, uh, yeah. Only $25. Uh, okay, I think that about does it. I. Uh... Oh, no. Here, let's finish with the bath. Two extra large zombie ball bath bombs. They fizz green and black and turn your water dark and ominous. And they have a unique fragrance. Here, sniff. <laughs> oh, yeah, that's, uh, that's unique. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Only $15. Okay, here's the last item. My favorite thing in the world for the zombie bathroom. The zombie rubber duck. Wow. This is just so cute. A four-inch rubber ducky, blue. Well, originally blue, back when it was alive. But now it's all swollen and scared and missing part of its beak from where the zombie bit it. From Wild Republic a cool little company that has been specializing in designing realistic stuffed animals and educational toys almost since the return of the living dead. And it's only $9. Shay, I, I don't know what to say. This is just awesome. Isn't it? And you can get everything in here. You can have the zombie bathroom of your dreams for only about $1,000, give or take 10 bucks and delivery. Or hey, just about $275 without the skull lamp. That's one hell of a deal for your personal bathroom or a unique Airbnb. <laughs> I didn't even thought of the Airbnb. Oh, my Lord. Well, well, uh, gee, um, thanks. I I just think we should be, you know, getting out of here. I mean, I mean, getting back. Sure. Thanks for coming. But I think I'll stay here a while. You know, take a little break. Yeah, sure. Cool. Um, I'll see ya. Oh, did I mention this stuff is available on zombiegiftguide.com? Because it... Wow. And that about covers it for the first half of August and the first episode of Zombie World. Next week, we're all about fiction. The first part of a continuing serial called Live and Direct from the Apocalypse. And the first of many visits with the ill-fated owners and operators of the one and only zombie food truck. Still operating in the midst of Raccoon City long after it should have. You're going to have to hear this to believe it. And then we'll be back with another digest of the undead the week after that. Irregardless, we're here every Thursday and we'd love to hear what you think. So drop us a note over at zombieworld.net. And you can check out our daily dose of zombie culture on Instagram and Twitter and threads and TikTok. New daily content and all of those, especially stuff that Sam is doing over on TikTok. And they all have the same address, at ZombieWorldNet. You can easily find us 
easily find our show notes, listen to the podcast, and view all the items we talked about in this episode. And we'll send it to you for free, which is even better. All you have to do is ask, again, right over at zombieworld.net. That way, you're not going to miss a thing. <laughs> Thanks to Samantha, to Shay, and the voice from Beyond the Grave for kicking in for this episode. Oh, jeez. Uh, I think we got to get going. The natives are getting a little restless out there. Ugh. How can a guy rip off his own arm and try to beat down the door? That's insane. <laughs> Always so aggressive. <laughs> and creative. <laughs> anyway, more to come next week. Until then, stay in touch, stay safe. Just don't get bit. Don't get bit. <laughs>